All right, at the end of this show, you'll hear me talk about the prospect that Donald Trump was being indicted again. And because uh, it hadn't when I was recording it, it wasn't a done deal. Now it's apparently a done deal. So I'm adding this addendum at the beginning of it. On four counts, right now, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction and or, uh, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. Those are the four counts. I don't know the details of them yet. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. I just wanted to at least acknowledge it, to be honest with you, because I don't know. There's other things going on that are more pressing. This one, everybody will be talking about is the most important thing. All the oxygen in the world will get sucked out of it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I prefer not to talk about it until I understand what's going on, until I understand what in the hell obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against rights are. But we shall see. This is related to January 6th. There you go. There you have it. This seems like another weak sauce case. It'll be good for fundraising. He will raise a bunch of money and 90% of it will go to his lawyer. Don't. This is why I don't give money to any politicians at all, ever under any circumstances. So there you go. We'll talk about this tomorrow. But there's, frankly, the, the current president's corruption is much more important, in my opinion, in the immediate. So that's what today's show is about. Here you go. Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the second day of August 2023. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. I'm Derek Hunter. Thank you so much for downloading, sharing, telling a friend. And all that good stuff. And thank you even more for not being Hunter Biden and not being a Biden at all. Although, you know, would be nice to have some of that Biden cash. God, this is one of those days where you're just sitting there and you're going, ah, looking at the news, looking at the stories, gathering the audio. I just really want to swear about this stuff. I really just do. And uh, so... I'm not going to. I told you I say that for the curse show, but you just it gives you a sense of where the news is. It gives you a new appreciation for how difficult it is to do this show. When you look square in the face of an, a piece of crap like Willie Geist or Jonathan Lemary or however you pronounce his name over at MSNBC, and they watch these events unfold and they just simply I don't know, are they stupid? Or are they liar? That's the only question of the day. Stupid or liar seems to be what we're left with when looking at these idiots in the left-wing media. Now, you, you can almost forgive these morons for the, the people who vote for this stuff, for being wildly ignorant. They're kept in the dark. They tune in to so-called news organizations. And I believe that they genuinely believe that they're getting the truth. I believe if, if you're an average MSNBC viewer, you're getting up, you're getting ready for work, and you're going to uh, flip on Morning Joe because you want to know the skinny on what's happening in the world, I suspect 
you believe you're getting it from Morning Joe. You are not. You are being lied to. Now, it makes obvious sense to people who live outside the bubble that they sit there and they go, you're not, you're being lied to. This is a bunch of crap. What are you, what are you talking? No, no, no. If that's all your ecosystem is, you won't know it. It's Plato's cave. That is your reality. Your reality is everything you know, and that's it. That's it. That's all you know. That's all there is. And you sit there and you you wonder how somebody can do this, how somebody could be so stupid, how somebody could be so (sighs) oblivious to reality. And you have to remember, this is a part of my problem with all media, Fox too, Fox especially, because I expect more from Fox. I'd like, well, I don't expect more from Fox. I would like more from Fox. They have the resources to do more. They choose not to do more. But if you watch their primetime lineup, no offense, I'm sure they're perfectly nice people, but it's crap. It's garbage. Their whole primetime lineup is garbage now. Laura Ingram is good. That's it. The rest of it is, let's talk to this person who works for Fox. Let's talk to this other person who works for Fox. Let's do 10 minutes on man on the street interviews. Well, I'm sorry. Man on the street interviews are a complete and total waste of time. All they do is demonstrate how stupid people are, but they're always out of context. These people are walking down the street, standing on the beach. Hey, who's, uh, who's the vice president? I don't know. Okay, how many people did you talk to to find the five people you repeatedly go back to who don't know anything about anything that's going on in the world? Was it just 100%? It's impossible. So what was it? That's the power of editing. It's the problem with editing. It's fun. It's great. You can see why Jay Leno did it. You can see why the late night comedian shows do it. It's no play. It has no place whatsoever in news. None. I get it. They're asking basic questions most of the time, but who gives a damn? I'd like to go into the, uh, well, wherever it is I've been to the Fox. I don't think they have a lunchroom, but the break room, the, wherever it is, the Smith and Walensky across the street or the Del Frisco's across the street from Fox and have a conversation with the people who work at Fox. I want to ask them how many Supreme Court justices they could name. Now, they don't get the pass. They don't get how uh, name a Supreme Court justice. I want to see how many they do. I want to see how many senators they can name. I want to know if they know how many members of the House of Representatives there are. And I want to check it against other people. I want to see how they stack up. Because I guarantee you it's not much better. It'd be slightly better, but it won't be much better. If you notice, they always seem to find... Girls in bikini tops who look about 23. Nothing against girls in bikini tops that look about 23. I'm a big fan. But that's beside the point. You don't go to anybody who's 23 looking for answers. You go to them because you want to make fun of people who look like they're 23. It's lots of things. It's probably very crowd-pleasing. It's not news. It's not news. If you are a news program and you are a you know primetime news program, you don't do that crap. If you're a primetime news program, if you're a daytime, if you're a morning show news program, 
You don't do what any of them do. You don't do what Morning Joe does. They had Congressman Dan Goldman on. He was the one Democrat, I believe, who bothered to show up to the Devin Archer interview. He's out, and this is the problem with Congress. This is the problem with Republicans. I know why they do it, but there's got to be a better way. When Democrats did the, and what am I talking about? Devin Archer came in, former business partner, Hunter Biden. Everybody knows, everybody who's listening to this knows, blah, blah, blah. You look at the uh, situation, they've got a transcribed interview. The transcription will be released some point this month. A week or two, probably, maybe a little bit longer. They'll run it past everybody to make sure everybody's kosher with what he's said. And they'll give it to Dennis Ar- or uh, Devin Archer's lawyers to say, is there cool, anything here you didn't say or you want more clarity on, whatever. And then they'll all sign off on it. And then they'll release the transcript and it will go over like a wet fart in an elevator because it is a transcript. It doesn't matter. I hate to say it, I'd like to think more of humanity, but I also understand humanity. A printed word transcript will not matter. Even if it was audio, it will not matter. (laughs) It'll matter a little bit more if it were audio. But if it's not video, if they didn't videotape this, and they probably had a deal to not release the video, it'll be a complete exercise in masturbation. Why? Because we are a society, we're a microwave society. We need everything easily digestible. We need it laid out for us. Not we, not me, not you, but the general population. Look, we already know the score. It's not about convincing us or showing us or showing Democrats. Democrats honestly don't matter. You could have Devin Archer playing a video of Joe Biden saying, as long as I get my money, I don't give a damn. I'll do whatever. There are Democrats out there who won't give a damn. This election is about the middle, the middle five, three to 5% who will decide this. And it's about the middle three to 5% in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin, in Georgia, in Arizona, so those people, those people will decide, New Hampshire, those people will decide. And they're not going to sit down and read a transcript. So you're going to have a several hour transcript there. They talked to Devin Archer for a very long time. They're going to have a several hour, 100, 200 page transcript, whatever it is. And there could be absolutely damning evidence in there. But you know what the thing about a, I don't know, 100,000 words is? You can pick out a hundred of them, 50 of them, and ignore the rest and make that the big revelation. And that's it. And that's exactly what these clowns will do. Fox will pick the most damning and MSNBC will pick the most damning against it. And that'll be all you hear about. That'll be all that matters. That's all that will ever be said about it. The rest of it will be ignored. The only reason now, and I said I understand why they did it, I imagine, look, when you're trying to get somebody to testify, and maybe Devin Archer will eventually testify in Congress, but when you're trying to get somebody to 
answer questions at a congressional hearing. You've seen this, this feces show that goes on up there. It is absolutely insane. It's Here's a somebody, and it doesn't matter what's going on. In this case, it's Republicans asking legitimate questions and Democrats running blocker and being complete ass clowns. It's been the other way around. It's been the other way around. But we have a situation where... Jim Jordan will ask legitimate questions, will ask serious questions. And then what happens? What's his face? What's the guy's name? Uh, Jamie Raskin will come in and go, yeah, well, still, what about this? What about that? What about this? Hey, you don't have any proof, though. You don't have any. No, you, you, don't, you don't know it was in his heart. You don't know. And it just becomes an absolute mess. Trying to get anybody to give any useful information, any interesting information, any new information in that environment because of the whiplash from one side to the other is tough to do. So you want to have a pre-interview interview or a pre-testimony interview where you can say, you know, you said this in your earlier testimony. And that's very helpful. The January 6th committee did this. They did this masterfully. It was a made-for-television event. It was garbage. They polished a turd. They put lies out there and made them truths in people's minds. And they put half quotes out there. People spent a day testifying, and they showed a 30-second clip. That's exactly what they did. That was a made-for-TV event. A former ABC News producer produced it for the Democrats. It had nothing to do. It would have been laughed out of court if they'd tried it in any court, but it was about public opinion. It had nothing to do with reality. Republicans need to do something similar to that. They need to look at this deal, whatever deal they cut with Archer, and say, all right, well, if we have a videotape, we're going to release the videotape. Democrats will absolutely throw a fit. Archer's attorneys will probably throw a fit. But there's no way to recreate that unless they get somebody to perform it before, which would be weird and probably self-defeating. We are a visual society. We are a society that needs to see it. You can't do it half-assed. What did they do? They did the uh, the Mueller report. I think I think conservatives did. I don't remember who did this, but they performed the Mueller report. Other, a bunch of people did. It was whatever. It, it made a lot of money. That's not what it's about, though. But more people listened to it. And I never read the Mueller report. I'm never going to read the damn Mueller report. But if you give it to me in an easily digestible thing that I can listen to while I'm driving or whatever, I probably would have listened to it. I just didn't care enough because I didn't need to know. I knew everything I needed to know. It didn't matter. I don't need the need the the nuts and bolts and the dirty details. But if you're just going to put out a cold transcript, it doesn't matter what is said. It's going to be ignored. And it's really sad. And I want to play you a clip because Dan Goldman, the one Democrat that I can know of who's ever said anything, he went on Morning Joe yesterday to talk about what was going on in the Devin Archer testimony. Now, we only have his word to go on his word isn't worth anything he's a democrat hack but that's what you get that's what you got this is what you get when you do things behind closed doors and i want you to listen because there are supposed journalists asking questions in this jonathan lemaire nbc news 
the framing is embarrassing for an adult. I honestly, I don't know how these people show themselves, their faces in public. I would be tempted to, to scream at these people. I'd be tempted to hit these people. I wouldn't do it because it'd be wrong, but I just, I, they make me sick. The crowd, not the Democratic congressman, he's a Democrat. The sake ass fake journalists here. Just listen to it. Could you just, with specifics, tell us these phone calls that were a matter of such uh, discussion yesterday, like what were they about? What would, what would then Vice President Biden say in these conversations? You know, walk us through what happened. Right. So uh, let's put this in context. Bo Biden got very sick in early 2015. He died in the spring of 2015, which was right in the middle when Devin Archer um, had his, his business dealings uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. At that point, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden began to speak every day because they were both devastated by Bo's death. They spoke every day. The witness testified that over his 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden, there may be approximately 20 times when in one of those conversations, uh, Hunter Biden would put his uh, father at a dinner, not at a business meeting, at a dinner that he was having if he happened to get a hold of his father, and would ask his father to say hello to whoever was at the table. And that was essentially the extent of it. They didn't, he, it was unclear, and, and the witness testified, this is not me saying, that the witness testified that a lot of times, most of the time, Joe didn't even know who the people were at the dinner table. So this was just simply, uh, this may have been Hunter's effort to say, hey, this is, you know, the vice president, this is my dad. But the critical part here for Congress, and that's what we have to make sure we understand, is that Joe Biden was doing nothing to benefit his son. You got to love that. Joe Biden was doing nothing to benefit his son. Nothing. He just, you know, he'd show up and talk about the weather. He'd shoot the breeze. I have to swear. I have to swear once. At least once. I need a minute because I, I can't hold it in. Are you fucking kidding me? These fucktards, these Democrats, and these, this panel of people at MSNBC are like, oh, yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense. Don't you dipshits understand? That was the get. That was the promise. Hey, you got shit that needs getting done. I can get the vice president on the phone. The vice president of the United States does not have a lot of free time to be dicking around taking phone it's not like the pre vice president's in a meeting with the president and then the phone, his phone rings oh uh i gotta take this. this is my son i promise i'd never do that no no that's not how it works you have to make sure if you are going to talk to your clients talk to your the people you are trying to suck dry of money and you say i can get my dad on the phone when you make that phone call your dad better damn well answer, right? Isn't that the deal? It's not, hey, pal, what are you doing? What do you want? Is everything okay? Are you falling off the wagon? Are you arrested again? No, you can't answer the phone like that. The vice president would have to know what the hell you're calling for, why you're calling, and when you're calling so that it can be scheduled. Now, if you notice, these things in these dinners they all seem to be at dinners, are in the evening when the vice president would be done for work for the day, right? Or at least have left the White House. It'd be interesting to see the vice president's schedule and know when these phone calls were made because I promise you they were arranged. You can't say, pay me $80,000 a month 
and I can make your problems go away, and I can get the vice president to work on yours and take your side and whatever. And don't worry, and now we'll call him and go, oh, crap, he's not answering his phone. Well, he's a little busy at the moment. I don't know what he's doing right now, but no. If you're selling your ability to get him on the phone, you damn well better be able to get him on the phone. And every time Hunter called related to his business, he got him on the phone. Now, these are all what Archer was testifying to were not things like the client needs a deliverable these were attempts to land clients to get those contracts to get that money flowing through that string of llc's that's when you need the show that's when you need the garbage that's when they want to talk to the vice president say oh you can really get the vice president talk about do you really think hey uh hey dad is it raining where you are it isn't? Okay, well, it's good talking to you. No, there's no way in hell. The phone call was the point. The dinner was the point. Joe showed up to these dinners, and he, he didn't know who he was talking to. Who believes that? Who believes that? You don't have to know these specifics, but you have to know that it's Hunter's employers, Hunter's people who are paying Hunter a fortune. That's why you show up. Hey, Dad, do you want to go to dinner with a whole bunch of people who have no business whatsoever and anything related to me? Just some random people, some foreigners that I barely know and, uh, you know, just want to show up to Cafe Milan. Cafe Milan is a very nice place, but it's not worth that. The vice president going, okay, yeah, sure. I can't wait to show up to a dinner where you're not going to tell me anything about anybody that's going on there. It's, Dad, if you show up, we're going to be doing all right. We're going to be getting a ton of money. You show up, we're going to be hammering checks for the next five years. That's what this is. And how sick are these Democrats now that they use, look, Joe uses Bo's death all the time. Joe used his wife and daughter's death in the car accident back in 1972 all the damn time. You want to talk about a sick group of people. There's no way Goldman would have done this had the Biden White House not signed off on it, had the, the inner workings of the Biden team not signed off on this when he's sitting there going, look, this was 2015 when Hunter or when uh, Bo was sick and Bo was dying. And so they were talking every single day over their grief. Really? Every single day over their grief. That's what they're doing. And in the middle of his grief, Hunter decided that there was going to be 20 different occasions where business associates needed to hear a conversation between a junkie and his idiot father about their grief. But they didn't talk about the grief. They talked about the weather. I mean, how... Excuse me again. How fucking stupid do they think people are? Apparently very stupid. That seems to be the only answer I can come up with. It's the same story. The New York Times tried to do this with Hunter Biden when they said, well, he fell into despair and addiction when his brother died in 2015. Except for the fact that he was kicked out of the Navy in 2014 for testing positive for cocaine on multiple occasions throughout 2013. 
But other than that, yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, he'd, he'd bragged about using drugs his whole life. But he finally, finally, it went from just casual crack smoking to full-blown addiction once Bo had his boo-boo. I just despise these people in a way that I can't, can't even begin to express. I can't even begin to express it. You've got these morons out there lying. The New York Times, the New York Times, the original story. Now, remember this. Remember this. It was for years. I never spoke to my son about his business. Never, never spoke to anybody in my family about their business. Never once. They started to talk about it, and I nearly choked them to death. I didn't want to. I'd put a cartoon hole in the wall the shape of my body as I ran through the wall the second anybody even took a phone call. They were reading an email that looked like it was business related. I got out of there like a shot. Then it became, they were never business partners. He was never in business with him. No, he wasn't in business with him. Joe isn't dumb enough to put his name on any of those LLC papers. He was just smart enough to put his bank account somewhere in the middle of the train of money as it traveled around the world and took his taste. He got his beak wet. To now, the New York Times, the the New York Times. I'm trying, I'm trying. The Week in Effing Review is going to be really fun this week. The New York Times story opens, their headline is, Biden spoke with uh, Hunter Biden's associates repeatedly. Devin Archer says, now it opens, it has long been known that the elder Biden at times interacted with his son's business partners. What? It has long been known that the elder Mr. Biden at times interacted with his son's business partners. It has been the express declaration of this piece of crap and the mouthpieces that we pay for for him. Looking at you, Karine Jean-Pierre. It has been expressly denied. Never did he talk about it. He didn't talk about it. Didn't had a wall of separation, a wall of separation. Never talked to him. Never, never, never. Now, maybe this is why Democrats sit there and talk about border walls. Boy, walls don't work. Walls don't work. What do you mean walls don't Walls work? No, no, no. The Bidens had a wall of separation between the family business and Joe. And look at, you know, there's like tens of millions of dollars that just seeped through there. The best intention. They only did it with the best of intentions. But, uh, you know, money. Money just kept slipping through, and that's that's just shows you that walls don't work. Maybe that's what they're talking about. I doubt it. They're not that bright. But it really is insane. New York Times, another headline, Biden spoke with Sons Associates, but not about business, former partner says. <laughs> the subheadline, Republicans accused President Biden of lying. Republican, don't you love it? Republicans accused President Biden of lying. Um, the president lied. Never spoke to him about his business. Never. Okay, well, yeah, 20 some odd times I at least spoke to them. But other than that, there was no caveat in the absolutist declaration. I never spoke to anybody about their business. And then the subheadline continues while Democrats said in the testimony that Hunter Biden was selling the illusion of access to his father. Well, whether he was selling the illusion of access to his father or actually selling access to his father, there is no damn bit of difference. Those people signed up for the same reason, and Joe came around. Now, Joe maybe puts on a nice dress, he dresses up like a whore, and he shows up to dinner and he acts as though he's, if you sign with Hunter, he's going to go to bed with you. 
and he doesn't go to bed with you, you sign with Hunter. You still signed up, at least in part, because you thought you were going to get to go to bed with Joe, all dialed up like a whore, right? Does that make it better? Does that make it different when you're talking about the appearance of a conflict of interest, when you're talking about using your position to enrich your family, whether or not you actually sold out, does it matter? It's the deliverable is they can get Joe on the horn no matter what. The illusion of access to his father. Well, the one weird thing Democrats continually talk about is they're just such a close family. They're just such a close family that of course they take each other's phone calls. It doesn't matter what's going on. Okay, then there was actually access to his father, right? There's no question about it. Then under those circumstances, that no, 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 they, it, was, it was this one circumstance that he was saying, no, uh, yeah, I can get my dad on the phone any time I want, but I can't do it for you. But I mean, any other time, but as long as it's not for you, he'll know. He's got a weird thing. He can tell what I'm calling about. No. The access was the point. You hire Hunter Biden in case you need access to Joe, right? There are many other ways to go about the, uh, the problems and alleviating the problems of businesses overseas. There are many, many, Joe is the backstop. He's most likely the last resort. Before they fired the prosecutor under Joe's orders in Ukraine, I bet you they tried a whole bunch of stuff in Ukraine to try and get rid of that prosecutor, and they couldn't. So they had to go and do the in case of emergency break glass move. They had to go to Joe and they went to him and son of a bitch, he got fired. According to the vice president of the United States at the time, the president now, he got it. You want a billion dollars? Fire this guy. We'll give you a billion dollars. A billion dollars. We'll give you a billion dollars. Yeah. Our government spends about $15 billion a day, but a billion dollars to Ukraine means a lot, especially then because they were all just going to slurp it up like pigs at a trough or hunter at a blow convention they were just going to consume it they wanted that money they wanted that money so desperately so they fired choking why not what's the problem who cares to sit there and say it was the illusion of access to his father it was access to his father they got access to his father i bet you we can find more deliverables that have happened over the time if we are able to get access to Joe Biden's schedule and access to bank records, and I bet we could find times where, let's just say, transfers of large sums of money from overseas coincide with various actions, not big actions, phone calls. People think, look, the firing of the prosecutor was big. The firing of the prosecutor was a big mistake for this Biden scam machine. But it was something they had to do. It had come down to that. Normally, these things are handled behind the scenes. A call from the vice president of the United States puts people on notice. Hey, you don't want to be doing this. And then they don't do it. Or, hey, why don't you do, why don't you let this happen? And then it lets happen. Look, I'll take, I'll look, you'll certainly be in my good graces if you do this, that, or the other thing. And we can work out it. We don't have to make it all official. Just know that I'm aware. I'm watching. Where why? That's the kind of thing that happens in politics constantly. Constantly. 
If we opened up the books, if we looked through it, if we had an honest press, we'd get some answers. If we had an honest press and Joe Biden were the pure wind-driven snow wonderful human being that he has his entire political career claimed to be, a dogged press would find that. There are more holes that are dug in Texas that come up dry for oil than strike oil. You dig holes and you come up dry, that's the story. We looked, we couldn't find. Instead, what you get are the pieces of human excrement in $5,000 suits on MSNBC in the morning saying, there's no proof that Joe Biden benefited in any way, shape, or form. Well, Joe Biden is spending the next 10 days, well, at this point, next seven days, at some pretty significant freaking proof, an oceanfront mansion in Rehoboth Beach. How did he get that? How did he afford that? Where did his money come from? Yes, he wrote a book about his dead son and losing his son. How many copies do you think that book sold? It wasn't many. He wasn't going to get a huge advance. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama got an $80 million advance. Joe Biden didn't come anywhere near that. Joe Biden didn't come to, to uh, eight digits. He might have gotten a million dollars. He might have gotten a million dollars. because Not because Joe Biden isn't capable of having a book ghostwritten that would sell copies. It's because the book he was writing was a very specific book. It was about his, his son, mostly, losing his son. It's it's not going to burn up the bestseller list. I think it made the bestseller list, but that's because the New York Times makes that up. It's not going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies. It's just not how it works. So to sit there and so you you know you want to write a book that has a wide audience appeal, you're going to get a much bigger advance. You want to write a book that's very personal, very important to you. Okay, they'll do it. They'll publish it, but they're going to give you a much smaller advance. That's how the book, it doesn't matter how famous you are. Joe Biden has never been a name. Nobody goes, I got to get that new Joe Biden book or I got to find out where Joe Biden stands. He has been a senator from a small state and an insignificant vice president for a president that Democrats absolutely love. That love didn't fall over to Joe. Where did his money come from, Willie Geist? Where did his money come from, Jonathan Lemire? Well, he was paid by the University of Pennsylvania. He was paid $17 million? What? Yeah, no, how much, how much money do you think Joe is worth? Where did that come from? Where did it all come from? When Hunter was paying, what was it, $20,000 a month to rent the house from his dad? Kind of a weird arrangement. Really got to think those people are not super close. My parents would have let me stay with them as long as I needed to, whenever, because that's what parents do. But no, he was paying thousands of dollars a month to Joe for renting part of a house, one of their, their estates. That doesn't sound like, I don't know, money laundering to you? You bought more house than you could possibly afford based on your salary as a United States senator and your idiot wife as a community college teacher. And then you became vice president. And it ain't a huge bump in pay from senator to vice president of the United States. The president only makes, what, $400,000 a year or something like that? So if you've got a multi-million dollar estate that you're buying, 
I'd imagine most bankers would go, why would we loan you $3 million to buy this? There's just no way. You, you, you can't afford it. You can't afford to pay. Well, don't worry. Our idiot son, who likes hookers and blow, who makes a fortune uh, from countries that are less than friendly to the United States, he does so off mining, he's going to rent it back. So he's going to more than pay our mortgage to us in a money laundering scheme. So we'll be able to pay for our mortgage. We'll be able to afford a house we otherwise couldn't possibly afford. Anybody at MSNBC want to look into that deal? No, nobody over at MSNBC. Nobody at Morning Joe is going to bother to look at that deal. It's kind of weird, don't you think? So as you watch this crap all fall apart, as you watch this stuff be exposed piecemeal, and Republicans, they've got to move quickly. They really got to move quickly because you can see that Democrats are already out there trying to spin this story, actually doing spinning this story. That's what they're doing. They're going to continue to do this, and eventually, if they don't, if they don't get out in front of it, the Democrat spin will win. The Democrat spin will become the story. And that's going to be problematic for everybody involved because they will have gotten away with it. Republicans need to be aggressive. They need to be aggressive with the timeline. They need to be aggressive with purchasing media. They need to be aggressive going on the media. They need to go on these networks. And it can't just be every piece of crap Republican. They're so damn stupid, it's not even funny, to be honest with you. They really are. So many of these Republicans, no offense, they might be some of your favorite ones and bomb throwers on Twitter and whatever, but right now we need serious people to come forward. And we need serious people to come forward and be serious. If they can't do it, they need to get the hell out of the way. This is all going to go to hell really soon, or it's going to go well really soon. Just saying. I want to play you one last clip before we uh, finish up here. Just to show you how everything old is new again. MSNBC yet again, COVID. This is what I tell you when I, this is what I mean when I say, when you control the unit of measure, you control everything. I don't know what the COVID numbers are. The COVID numbers aren't deadly. They're not through the roof. They're not exploding. And the fact that MSNBC, I can't even find accurate COVID numbers very easily, that MSNBC uses percentages here. They bring on a doctor who says, it's time to bust back out with the masks, which is just, you know, go to hell. But they're trying to make a story. This is what happens. The story is the Biden corruption. They can't talk about the story that much. They'll poo-poo the story as best they can, as you just heard. But even the rest of the day parts on MSNBC, look at that argument from Dan Goldman and from Jonathan Lemaire and from Willie Geist, and they just go, I can't, I can't repeat that crap all day. This is such garbage. Democrats have to come up with something better. If I'm going to, if I'm going to lie to my audience, you got to come up with something more convincing and they're working on it. Trust me, they're working on it. So instead of talking about that, and by the way, CNN, you wouldn't even know that, that Devin Archer exists, cnns.com. They're just not really bothering. So they've come up they went to an old favorite. They're going to the Greatest Hits album. COVID. They say that COVID is up 
over last week by 12% hospitalizations. Now, that bit of information, if you didn't listen to this podcast, might cause you to go, oh, 12%, that's a big bump. But if you listen to this podcast, you know, again, the manipulation through the numbers. If they just give you percentages, it is meaningless. The number of cases are up 300% in just the last week. You may think, my God, it's exploding. Well, what if the cases just last week were one and now the cases are three? Does that give it a new perspective? If they only give you percentages, it's because they're lying. If they don't give you the actual raw numbers, they're trying to hide something. That's exactly what MSNBC is trying to do because they're desperately scrambling to try and find anything to talk about that is not Hunter Biden, Joe Biden corruption related. And so they brought on a doctor who says, Start. It might be time to start carrying your mask. And if you're around people, putting your mask on again. If you've noticed more of your friends, neighbors, loved ones are testing positive for COVID, you're not alone. According to the CDC, COVID-19 hospitalizations are up 12% from last week. And while we're nowhere near any previous levels, it's still raising concerns. Joining us now with more is Dr. Kavita Patel, who served as a White House policy director in the Obama administration. She is an MSNBC medical contributor. Dr. Patel, it's always great seeing you. So I, I think we've kind of all been noticing that, right? There's someone you know or people are, you know, think they have a cold and it ends up being COVID. What's going on? What are you seeing? Well, we're seeing the same thing, Jose, in clinic. We're, we are, as you said, hospitalizations going up. Let me just start with some good news. We are not seeing anywhere near the dramatic rises that we saw in previous summers or previous years. That's good news. That's because a large part of the population, Jose, has already either been infected and vaccinated or both several times. So what I think people need to know is that I would just keep people on alert that when you're in those crowded spaces, Think about the coughs and the colds, and sometimes many people don't even have any symptoms. A mask can be your best friend. Keep it private. Back in time, we've had them in our pockets, in our coats, in our backpacks. Time to bring them out again. Time to bring them out again. No, it's not, lady. Time to send you back down to the pits of wherever it is you spend your days. And you can take uh, what's-his-face from MSNBC, Jose Diaz-Balart, with you. They need a distraction. They go back to COVID until they find a distraction. They will find a distraction. Last week, the distraction was Ron DeSantis's uh, black history. They, it says slavery was good. It wasn't remotely the case. They even got some idiot Republicans to go along with it. This week, it, it sort of fell off. Even Byron Donalds is like, oh, crap, I stepped in it there. So they backed off that one. They'll find something else. They are relentless. They are like the Terminator, only evil. The Terminator does what the Terminator does because it's programmed to do it. These people aren't programmed to do these sorts of evil things. They actively choose to do them. Makes it more nefarious. Makes it more disgusting, actually. All right, that is it for today. Tomorrow's Thursday already. That is so awesome. I'm so looking forward to the weekend. Um... Just a couple of updates really quickly. 
Uh, don't forget about the Curse Show, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. I almost had to go back to Detroit. Today, I didn't have to. I was going to. I didn't have to. But my sister's been in the hospital. She had hernia surgery, and then there was a problem afterwards. So she was supposed to be, like, in and out. No, it wasn't outpatient. She was in Thursday and out. Was supposed to be out Friday. She is home now, which is good. Still on, like, a liquid diet for a couple more days. But I was going to sneak back. She was still in the hospital, but she was getting much, much better. Told me didn't need to. Um, I'm still going to at some point, but it doesn't have to be that immediate. I'm going to do it in the next couple, probably next few days. But that being said, on uh, because I don't have to go, thankfully, Friday, I'm going to be on... The Crisis and Culture and Crisis podcast. It's part of the Tim Pool series of podcasts or whatever. It's from three to five or something. I don't know. The wife and I were on it before. The wife and I will be on it again. They invited us both back. So we'll do that. It's a video thing. I think it's also audio. So check that out. If you're so inclined, it'll be fun because I'm always fun. Anyway, have yourself a great Wednesday. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Trump is, there's, I don't know, let me just check before I go, because Trump was, while I'm recording this, talking about how he'd been indicted again. I don't know that he's been indicted again. Let's see, it still just goes to his declaration on Truth Social. He tweeted, I hear that deranged Jack Smith, in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024, will be putting out yet another fake indictment for your, of your favorite president, me. You know, if you're his favorite president, you don't need the me part. Everybody would understand. At 5 p.m., why didn't he do this two and a half years ago? Why did he wait so long? Because they want to put it in the, right in the middle of my campaign, prosecutorial misconduct. Blah, blah, blah. I don't see anything. It's after. It's 5.30 now. I don't see anything backing this up. Maybe he did, but his declaration is not enough. I need proof. If there's an actual indictment, there'd be something coming from the courts. Maybe by the time you hear this, there will be. I don't know, but we'll see. Enough for today. If it is, we'll maybe talk about it tomorrow. Have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.